So, are we starting? Sometime? Yeah, we're 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 in. Uh, we're in? This is Slappercast episode number You're sixty-seven. In. Hey. You're in. We're all in. Sixty what? Sixty what? Sixty-seven. Oh, the summer of love. Yeah. Whoa. Year I was born. Sixty-seven. The year is your year. You were born. That's right. Pretty <sighs> soon it's yeah, can't wait. Couple weeks. Can't wait. <laughs> no one can wait for that one. <laughs> Two more weeks, baby. It's going to be sixty-nine. Sixty-nine. Yep. The year I was born. I, I, I know, but well. I'm just. I'm just. I'm You're horrified. Not the only, huh? You're not the only blogger who was born in 69. Is that you? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Two months before, or no. When, you, when was your birthday? September. September, yeah. A couple months before you, yeah. Virgo. Gemini. Ah, very nice. <laughs> My dad's a Gemini. So, gentlemen, do you have your uh, do you have your masks? Your new masks? Yeah, right here. Hang on. Yours is right behind your screen. Yeah, I'm not going to. Other side. I'm not going to tie it up, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to mock it up. Yeah. Oh, the inside's so, nice too. Yeah. So a couple of a uh, couple of weeks ago, Hang we on. got these in the mail. So we wanted to th- thank Ellen. Thank you. For these, awesome. these wonderful yeah. masks. I already had mine on, and uh, yeah. it smells like you've been wearing this one. I know. <laughs> not, on, <laughs> not on your downstairs. Face. Yes. Yeah. On the other head. Uh huh. Thank you, Ellen. I didn't mean to stretch this it. That was. What? I didn't mean to stretch it. <laughs> so thank you for that. And um, also, nice. before we get going, too, I, I spoke with uh, our friends uh, from Steam Magazine. They're out of Corpus. And uh, I did a little phone interview with them, husband and wife team out of Corpus, and wonderful people, energetic, funny, well-read, well-traveled, and huge music fans. I like that title. Steam? Steam. Yeah, very cool. Uh, South Texas uh, Entertainment Arts Magazine. So, uh, But they go everywhere. When I met them, they had driven from Corpus to... Uh, Black House Cigars in Old Town Spring dropped off some magazines, and then they were going to do an interview in, I think it was Umble or something like that. And then they're going is. back to uh, Corpus to go to Amarillo or something like that. It was some ridiculous schedule, but they are huge music. Rusty's a drummer and uh, has played all over the place. And um, uh, anyway, so uh, we'll link to that interview. That's not the interview is not going to be out till next month. But also, we'll so we'll we'll link to their online. They do a radio show. They've got a radio show. They got a, a internet radio show, and they have the the magazine as well. So that interview will come out next month, and we'll link to that. But great, great people, and really looking forward to to meeting up with them and doing more work with them down the road. Great, uh, just n- n- nice to meet people with so much enthusiasm and so much love for, for what they do. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Especially that it's music and arts. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. So how's everybody been doing last time? I think we did the, we did the zoom last time because Chad had a sore wreck, uh, wreck, uh, uh, retina. Yeah. Or throat. <laughs> yeah. So, right. so, so we, we, we did the, we did the zoom thing. That was a, that was a mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that did not turn out. <laughs> I mean, it was okay, but it was it was just compared to the quality we it's usually just the limitations have. Limitations that Zoom offers, mm-hmm. technology. I mean, but you're better now. Offers. Feeling good? Yeah, yeah. How are you feeling? Pretty Eric all right. Hughes, yeah, yeah. Kind of tired. The last couple of days, I drove up to Kyle, see mom and dad. Yesterday, drive up and back. And How's they doing? It was a long day. They're good. They're good. Yeah, they're they're trying to go up north. They go to Vermont every summer for uh, usually like. First week of June till through September. Um, they rent a place up there that we used to go to when we were kids and, and stuff like that. It's kind of near our hometown, up, way up there in, in the great North Woods. 
of New Hampshire, but they, they go to Vermont, which is just right across the river. I mean, literally, my backyard was the Connecticut River, which forms the border between um, New Hampshire and Vermont. Wow. Like, you know, if you know your geography. And so then that was in my backyard. So and where we used to go to was up at this lake. And two thirds of the lake is in Canada, which is even kind of weirder. Like, yeah, yeah, and and so like on the property, there's a fence, just a, like a picket fence, and it stops at the beach, and that's I mean that's Canada right there. Wow, yeah. Of course, the border's closed right now, but but, uh, but you, you can know. still go across the kayak. Well, you're not supposed to land. Oh, technically, and somehow they know they know that you're. If you land, I mean, I think there are people on the other side saying <laughs> they immediately notify somebody just like, yeah, no, yeah. because there's this road that walks back, um, behind the, uh, basically it kind of, it kind of parallels the border kind of goes like this as you're walking and not walking down. I'm just trying to show on, on the camera. Like, so here's Canada and here's America and you're walking like this and all of a sudden there's a river right there. And then the river right at that particular point, like, it's a river, it's a stream basically marks the border and one time we walked all the way to the stream and back and as we're walking back a border patrol car just pulled out of nowhere like what are y'all doing <laughs> just walking around okay american citizens yep okay where are you staying over there at the you know place where my parents are jackson's lodge and they're like okay cool have a good day so yeah they're on top of it yeah, yeah. wow interesting yeah. yeah you know if they just built a wall there they wouldn't have to no shit i mean yeah <laughs> anyway so uh, good to see them and um, missed actually coming back. We missed that rain that happened here yesterday, which is what a yeah. yeah. We, we, I mean, I knew it was going to rain, but I didn't know it was going to rain. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And other than that, everything's copacetic. Excellent, <laughs> and really good coffee, by the way. Yeah, yeah it is. glad you like it as usual. Uh, we are going to have uh, the next the next time too. I, I I meant to do it this time, but I, I ran right before. That's thank you both for giving me the few extra minutes to. Of course. Uh, to uh, um, uh, there's a great there's a great skit. Um, Seth Meyers recently did this skit on runners out there doing oh, masks, yeah. and and I if you haven't seen it, look it up. I think it's I think it's hilarious, but it's it's true what he said in in that in that skit. He goes, you know the you know the world is going to be ending in you know 45 minutes. Well, I can get a few miles in, <laughs> and it's true. You 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 become that addict, and I am that addict, and and. Uh, Today I was finishing up on a on a not well, working on a song that we're going to be working on very soon, and um, and I looked at the clock and said, "Oh man, I've got just enough time." So I texted the lads. I said, "Hey, can we uh, can we just extra fifteen minutes?" And so I appreciate you uh, appreciate that time. But of course, yeah. and, uh, and and the weather's gorgeous today too. The humidity turned out nice. The, the yeah. rain kind of just pushed the humidity out, and it's. Just, Great temperature, and there's not a lot of people out because everything's wet, and it's you know, so it's uh, it was, it was uh, a lot of lot of fun today. One of those really really invigorating mm. runs, so I appreciate it. Uh, the yeah. other thing is, um, with so today is Tuesday, and you'll be as so yesterday we're pre recording this, but so the the bars are supposed to open yesterday, and I'm I mean, I'm very curious because I didn't know about that until you had mentioned that. Yeah, there. me neither. I didn't. So when Governor Abbott gave, oh God, I can't believe again that much credit. When Abbott opened, <laughs> Abbott and Costello uh, <laughs> decided to open up the, con- the country, the, uh, the state, they mentioned that they were going to revisit the bars on the 18th because they wanted to give it two weeks to kind of see how things are going to go. Of course, if they're not testing at a high level, who's going to know what the fuck is going on anyway? Yeah. So they, op- they opened, sorry, they opened um, salons. 
a week ago, mm-hmm. and I just heard they opened tattoo parlors. I think as of yes, on Friday, on Friday, I think Thursday, Friday, tattoo parlors were allowed to open. So, uh, so then they, I think on Monday he's going to talk. Yesterday, don't, don't don't do that to me. I'm going to get all <laughs> fucked up. Um, Let's start again. talking about the opening the bars and at, at but as at, at to what you know to what capacity because we're already talking about restaurants at 25 percent but if you look over here in the corner it's not 25 percent. that place is packed right now yes um and bars i'm not quite sure how they're going to regulate you know don't stand so close to me mm-hmm. or um <laughs> or how that's going to be done you know and let, l- and really let alone, if you tie them together and stick them on your head you know oh, yeah you can gauge the yeah but let alone you know whether or not we're going to be allowed to go back in and play it any, anytime soon either well, that was that's what I'm getting at. We've had some phone calls from club owners about coming back to play, saying, "Yes, we're open." Well, yes, we want to play, but we don't want to harm anybody or bring anything home, or you know, right again. Um, so, I'm very curious to see what's happening, and judging by you know Galigula's you know <laughs> palace down here, I mean. It looks to me like everybody just wants to be back in touch, and I mean in touch with, mm-hmm. you know, other people, sure, quickly. So, again, we'll see what the we'll we'll see what that is. But it's been very weird. Of course, there's nothing you can't. There's no normalcy in what we've been through and what's coming. But there is that. Uh, the the. the People just dying to just run out the gate, just sprint, you know, we'll, we'll figure out what happens when we get there and just, yeah. just rush into it. That's what it's saying. Yeah. Just from, cause I've been going down to the school the last couple of days, the school has reopened. Um, actually had my first in-person lesson today with one of my students. The other two stayed home. We're still teaching. We're, we're in the school, but we're still teaching online. Mostly a few students showed up today. I think today was the first day that we allowed students to come back in, but we have a whole protocol. Yes. Safety protocol, which I, luckily the owner shared it with me first and I read it and reread it and made a few changes to it. That makes me feel more comfortable. Good. Uh, Especially about bringing your own, bringing your own sticks, bringing your own books, bringing your own instruments and no more sharing keyboard obviously is going to be the one issue. Um, if you take keyboard lessons, but like guitars, basses, Singers bring your own microphones, mm-hmm. uh, drummers bring your own drumsticks, whatever. And then we go through and we clean everything that was touched in the room before the next student comes in and we're washing hands in between each lesson and all that, all the good stuff, wearing masks during the lessons. Me, the, actually in the drum room, we're about as far apart as maybe you and I are. So that's more than six feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sit by, you know, I sit behind my drums and I, you know, whatever. So, so been, but just my whole point is kind of piggyback on what you're saying just driving around town to get to school and seeing how people are, like you said, just kind of like rushing out there and, and, and a very, very few people wearing, wearing masks, you yeah. know? And, and I know that I'm going to keep wearing mine as, as long as I, as long as I feel comfortable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, I'll, and I know you guys are probably the same way when you yeah. go out. It's just yeah. like, always. I just, and plus it sets, I think it's, it sets a tone to show that you, 
care about you have, what's no, going on. Respect for your neighbor. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you, you know, we want to stay, we have to stay healthy in, the, in this game. We have to, we, we have to be more, more healthy, health conscious than regular people just because our, our job and, you know, we're in front of and around more people than most. And it's an absolute necessity to, to, to continue that healthy, you know, those healthy habits. Yeah. The governor's, uh, so that when I, I watched his last, uh, his last talk, he was basically trying to justify reopening based on numbers, based on, well, if you look at column A and look at column B and column C, you see how the numbers, he's like, and we have plenty of hospital beds open. And to me, that's like, <laughs> that's them. so you're saying that it's okay to go out and get sick because we have plenty of, we have 19,000 hospital beds Come and we have 6,000 respirators. So fuck it. Yeah, go out rip. there. Get out there and party people. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, that's what I took away from his last <laughs> teleconference. So. This is what it's yeah. come to. Yeah. You still can't visit the governor's mansion in, in Austin. That's weird. I don't, I get Strange. it. It's I know. closed to visitors. It's weird. Yeah. So governor Abbott, you are definitely, <laughs> definitely all Damn of it. these things. <laughs> you see that? See what that is? Okay. Yeah. Hey, I see. I saw that my, um, my mug inspired, uh, an Etsy purchase last week. I guess I was oh, yeah. looking at my, uh, <laughs> My Starbucks demon mug and uh, that's where it came from was an Etsy thing. Mm. I don't. I think somebody bought that for me. Yeah, it was a gift. But somebody said they found it on Etsy. Oh, they did. And and I think somebody okay. bought it off of it. So good for Etsy. That's a nice. Yeah. Somebody hometown. somebody tagged us. Was like I don't, I just saw this on Slappercast. You know, I'm, I'm dying to have this mug. So I tagged him to see if he yeah. might know. Yeah. It was a gift. But some, somebody cool. somebody said here it is, and they they found a similar one on 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 uh, on the Etsy. So that's nice to support a. Support a local small business on the Etsy. Good, good, good. Anyway, yes, we need to we need to have our Blackguard mugs uh, added to our our Blackguard coffee mugs added to our arsenal. Yeah, because that's a that's a that's a that's a must. So, uh, um, so we were in the studio just a few days ago. Just got it was fun. Yeah, very fun. Fun to get out of the house and, and play in the studio. Yeah. So our buddy Paul. The video came out nice, by the way. Right, cool, on, cool. Uh, on uh, the one yeah. you sent us, it was just a very small sampling of everything. <laughs> I've said I recorded almost the entire session, but uh, you know I didn't want to bore people with the entire thing. But I may put another clip out, you know, later next week, maybe. Um, but yeah, we went in, we tracked two songs, three, um, three. That's right. The third one is a secret. Right? It's not a secret, is it? Is well, that? I guess they're all a secret. <laughs> until we make the well, until we make the actually here's a here's a good uh, here's a good competition. So if you can guess, which okay, oh, here we go. Yeah, I like where this is going. Yeah. So let, let me let, let me just do a little setup here and jump in if if I if I miss or embellish too much. But so we're we're recording this song and. Paul behind the board is perplexed and okay. And what he'll do is he'll set the metronome at whatever beat we're trying to play this song at. And it's not a super fast song and it's uh you could call it a very slow song and we're playing it and Paul's grimacing and, <laughs> You know, trying to eat his own flesh and, you know, <laughs> dig, dig, 
you know, through the hardwood floor with his feet to get away from what we're playing. And uh, we we play it, and then we play it again, and we, he comes back on the talk, talk back mic, and he goes, uh, hey, you guys. That sounds just like Paul. It's a great, <laughs> great impersonation. I mean, if you close your eyes, you might think he's here. Uh, hey, you guys, uh, why don't you not play all of it? <laughs> why don't you play less of that song? Oh, that's right. And, That's right. <laughs> like he was concerned for our, yeah, for you know, our, for our yeah, mental health, health and safety. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, for what? our careers, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and why didn't you play a lot less of it and then just do the last bit more? And, you know, I said, well, <laughs> and I said something else. And then he said, yeah, but, and we went back and forth for about, you know, no exaggeration, seven hours on. Okay. Uh, so, so we played this song it's in, in its entirety and much to the dismay of of of, of Doctor Beebe, ah, I don't know. So, uh, if you can guess what, what song, song is <laughs> we're playing, what, what what song we're talking about? Yes, we're recording it. We're not recording it for the record. No, it's not going to be on the CD, but it is. We are going to release this song. If anybody has any idea what song we're talking about. And we've played it before. Um, people that have seen us. Would you say it's a popular song? It's a very popular song, I think. And I'd say many people have recorded this song. Some may say too popular. <laughs> Especially. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think now what, what, what should the prize be? Uh, Again, this shit should be done way before we start the show. <laughs> However, we're just. Uh, but anyway, you want to give the, them some piece of merch, or do you want to yeah. give them? Uh... Well, I, I, no matter what, if they get if they if if they can guess this, they're going to get the the, the album when it's done, you know, or a signed LP, right? A signed vinyl, right? No matter what, maybe t shirt, you know, some other stuff, maybe coffee mug, we get that anyway. Yeah. But I think we should. It should be so. If you can guess. What song we're talking about? The winner will get a prize to be named later. Yes, but it could be yes. any or all of the following. <laughs> yes, and just yeah. to clarify, the clip we were talking about earlier. Some of you, some of you may be going, "What clip? Where?" It's on Patreon, and it's right now. It's only for Patreon people uh, well, to, to know fair. what we're. Well, yeah, I did. I did tell say what song we were. It is not this one. There was, this was the first song that we recorded that day. Is on Patreon right now. Second Excellent. one is yeah. one we're talking about that we're making you guess. So maybe after this competition's over, I might put another clip on yeah. Patreon of that song yeah. after after this is settled. How does one join Patreon? Well, you, <laughs> you can go to patreon.com slash blackguards uh, or you go to blackguards.com and click the Patreon link from there. Um, and it's five bucks a month and you get all kinds of cool Excellent. exclusives, including uh, you know insider insider clips like this one. And like all the random shit we talk about before the podcast actually yeah, starts, get, yeah. when we cut down and tear up anybody that gets in our way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like tonight, today's example. What's that guy's name again? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got a thirty-one page soul tone symbols, maybe. Yeah. So <laughs> glad they rag on those guys so the cows come home. Uh, I love it. Mm. Anywho, so so where do we where do we stop last week? Did we did we cover everything we were going to cover? Think, uh, just news of the news of the day. So, yeah, I think, so I think we're well caught up. Yeah. So as of yesterday, the clubs are open 
and people have called and asked us about playing. So the next slapper cast will, will have much more information on who and where and why and how we're going to get to get out and start playing again. So we, we, there's just so many great things happening right now. I'm really excited. I, I, I don't know about the live thing, the live performances yet. I don't know what, I know we're going to live stream next week. Mm -hmm. So uh, we got that coming again. We, we've, We've kind of pulled back a little bit just because of the saturation of uh, all these bands live streaming and and everybody, you know, and and I, I think this is again not the for, not the time to talk about this, but I wanted to ask you <laughs> if right now if we would be interested in having somebody monitor the screen for us during the next podcast and we take requests. You know, because I, I, I think that's been kind of a popular thing. Just just thrown out there. If if we had somebody, you know, because we can't do it, you know, and and it's sure. boring. It's boring too to have a have a, you know, hey, let's 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 see what Marge has to say about you know, and they go through. So that might be something that we could think about too. Yeah, and that person could maybe like two or three come in. They could write them down and just exactly hold exactly. them up and be like, because mm. I, I I don't want to. I, I, as you can tell, we take our live performances seriously, and we we even. I mean, this is. I was telling the people from uh, Steam Magazine. I was saying that I started off not wanting, not wanting to record a podcast, and there's some mornings that I wake up and I go, I don't want to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, I've I've really in listening to other podcasts and you know hearing people talk about this. I you know this kind of become a. a I mean, I, I do look forward to it yeah. in a way, and it's and it's it's a nice way to vent, especially you know you know. Playing me, yeah, you. <laughs> what we the stuff we were talking about before, you know the, um, uh, you know submitting to these to these festivals and um, oh sure talking yeah. you know and and talking about you know getting the 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 van you know road uh, ready mm. and getting back out it's just it's it's it feels like we've been dormant for a year yeah you know yeah it's weird so uh that might be uh that might be something to to think about we'll we'll probably have an answer by the end of this show even Hmm. uh on on whether we should have somebody man the i think it's a good idea yeah yeah. Freeze us up to kind of just roll exactly and have a set list and roll with it. And then someone will say, Oh, can you play so and so? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so we, we've kind of done that before. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's just an issue. There's a lot of stuff I miss, you know. Yes, number one, I have to be close enough to the screen to see it, but then you know, people are commenting the whole time, yeah. so you miss stuff exactly. Yeah, exactly. Somebody we know that can so, help yeah. us out, yeah. And and I, I know that we've we've in the past we've also we've always mentioned you know policing for our community up up north our friends up there they've been so good to us in directing so many I yes. mean hundreds of people towards our our live streams on our website yeah and so it and it's been a delight to meet them and mm-hmm. you know I I know that it got cut off last week because of uh, the Zoom for you know using the Zoom as our recording platform last week but i i was thanking sharon we were thanking sharon Bodden in florida yeah we're well, that, talking about that yeah that's in there i just didn't you know we didn't talk about i cut out the part where we how we met her and all that stuff oh, okay there, so, yeah. so she was still thanked oh, okay good yeah. good good yeah, yeah. yeah I, I i had no chance to email her person but you know and, and but again people being so generous and being so wonderful in this time keeping us going and 
it's it's kind of kept us in shape to 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 go and hit the road when when that time comes and yeah um, yeah yeah the, the the thing i really has been cool about this too is just the way the way the podcast has evolved you know from from audio and now it's video which i wasn't was not a plan you know initially you were kind of you, you you were setting up cameras like the very first time yeah because <laughs> you, you were just curious to see yeah but i never had time to mess with it but now since i've been able to get my feet wet with this now of course we're talking last week about we're going to do some uh, actual conceptual yeah video stuff yeah um it should be fun so yeah yeah in fact in, in the the patreon clip of the, the recording session this occurred to me as i was editing it that because i've been syncing I, I use adobe premiere to sync all this video together and it occurred to me that I could I could sync the actual take of the song with us listening to the playback, you know, a few minutes later in the control room. So that's what I did. So it's kind of neat. Chad, you are the man. <laughs> it's fun. Shit together over there. Mm-hmm. I'm learning. All right. So we had we had a bunch of topics we we're gonna, or at least a couple of things we we're gonna touch on again. At least one thing. We you know, we started a couple of weeks ago. Was it two weeks ago? We talked about uh, about solo careers. Um, that I think it started off as, as ones that were more possibly more notable than, than the, than the bands, but I think we're also, I mean, I think we started talking about like, you know, bands that lost a member, should they go on kind of a thing? But now it's like, does the solo project surpass the dwarf. actual band? Yeah. yeah. Dwarf is the, the dwarf he was using that dwarf. Solo careers that dwarf their dwarfs, what they were known for and the band yes. that they came from. Sort of, or just dwarf the entire band themselves. Yeah, to, to, <laughs> to, uh, I was saying before we started the, that Sting Sting's solo career should only be just a molecule of the enormity of what the police was, but it it was actually tits up when you again. I'm just a huge police fan, yeah, and I'm not a not a not a big Sting fan, and his his solo stuff is fine. Again, we got into trouble too with some of our listeners too with the, the Eagles, Eagles stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, I like the Eagles, and I I never said I'm I happy. hate them, but I do hate them. <laughs> I'm happy I, you like the Eagles, but I. Not to interrupt, but. Come, no, come, no come one me, has bro. to like everything. No, I, I all know the that. Time. I know that. Yeah. I know. You but like the Eagles? Awesome. <laughs> I don't like the Eagles one bit. Yeah. I'm happy to say that. Yeah. You, and you and whoever said that probably hates a lot of shit that I like, and that's totally fine. That's that, and that is that is fine. If, if we all liked the same thing, boring. The Eagles would be very popular. Oh wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you know I, I I don't like the Eagles, and I respect their catalog, and I know that they hit at the right time and they did the right thing. However, uh, and then I heard some of Glenn Fry's stuff or Frey whatever. Oh. And just unlistenable. Awful. Yes, unlistenable. Yeah, and, I'll, I'll and, take, and that's I'll generous. Take, I'll take Don Henley's stuff over Glenn. Yeah, Don Henley's Whoa. solo stuff over Glenn Fry's solo stuff. But even that's not saying it's much. Totally one yeah. song of his I like. Which one is it? Boys of Summer. That's a pretty good song. It is a good song. So it's okay. Yeah. No, I won't even do that. No. Yeah. No, it's better than Glenn Fry's shit. You, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's yeah. all we're, that's all we're okay. saying. Okay. Well, still, you don't have to say it. It's good. You could start off. Well, it's anyway. good compared to so, uh, Black Frost. <laughs> he so, is on. So why did Blackguards break up? Well, so uh, someone mentioned it. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I, again, I, I respect their catalog, and I, I, I but I, the well, let's, the the, the, the Frost stuff, and and you rightly said Joe Walsh. In the city is pretty is a pretty good song. I I don't like his solo stuff anyway, but I just like. But he 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 brought some. 
rock and roll respectability the, to that. That's that's what yeah. you said, and yeah. that's what I agree with yeah. wholeheartedly. But, when I think, and, and again, a great, you know, great guitar player. Yeah. Great tone, great and an and innovator too. He wasn't he wasn't sure. just the you know quirky. He was kind of yeah. weird. He wasn't quite so like yeah southern you know Southern California cool vibe. You know high desert country vibe. He was like I'm gonna sing a song about chewing gum. You know yeah and and or whatever. So yeah, yeah. what's the song that his life's been good? Is that the one? Life's been yeah. good is yeah. a big huge hit. And that's better him. than it to me. It's that's better than any of the Eagles yeah. stuff. That one song. But it's that, a, that guitar it's still overplayed. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's and cool. that, that keyboard thing in the bit. Yeah. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, that's fun. That's kind of cool. Yeah. You guys sound but just sting. like the record. But it is overplayed. But <laughs> yeah, but it is overplayed. This yeah. is an overplayed song. Yeah. Uh, but 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 they hit at the right time. There wasn't that. The, the landscape was ready for that because they had that area to, that that nook to that place to fill. So so they hit at the right time. They did the right thing. Right. Go for it. Enjoy it. I don't. On, on you, and, and but we were the, the reason. I think the reason why we detest them is that's all you heard in the radio. That's all there was on the radio, just non. Blah, 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 yeah. Blah. So so that. But then back to uh, Stung. So when he did stink. his uh, stink, stink, he uh, <laughs> he did his solo stuff, and it kind. Of, I, I don't like to even say it, but I mean it did. It dwarfed the police. The. Say those. Well, but like we said at the beginning of the show, maybe before the record button was pushed, was like that synchronicity record by the police was sort of kind of pushing in that. I agree uh, that direction. I mean, there are some very police esque songs on there, like Synchronicity One is on there, you know, and uh, love and, that song, and uh, yeah, and then, and there's a couple other ones that are that are like, but like you know, wrapped around your finger, wrapped around my finger, whatever the song is called. And every breath you take, those two songs are definitely sting solo. That's call, call them a, a sting yeah, board. It's a sting board, yeah, Into kind of it. a thing. <laughs> yeah, because that Dream of the Blue Turtles record is is basically a, it's a, it's a, not all of that kind of stuff. Because I think he, he got a he went a completely different direction with the performers that he worked with. I mean, he worked with Branford Marsalis. He's got yeah. Omar Hakim on there. He's got uh, Daryl Jones on bass. You know, and and I kind of have a soft spot for that. Those first three solo records because. Um, my high school girlfriend was really big into Sting, and so she played that first record all the time. The second record was cool because it was it was not as popular. I didn't think it was Dreaming the uh, the uh, the whatever the second one was called was not nearly as popular as the first one, and the third one was the least popular of all of his solo records. Really, and I liked the Soul Cages record. And I remember driving. I was driving home from college to home at like one o'clock in the morning because for whatever reason. I was going to go visit my parents that weekend and the radio station said, okay, we're going to, we just got this new release. It's the new sting solo record called the soul cages. We're going to play it. And I was actually like, Oh, these songs are pretty fucking good on that record, but it's the least popular of his records. Hmm. Like no one, no one likes any song off that album. I'm hmm. sure. I'm sure. And after that, that, he got Vinnie Colliud in the band and it was all that 10 Sumner's tale. You know, what's uh what's that song that they, they played? He's like him and sitting in the ocean on a throne Swinging a sword at the waves. It's so, it's like, it's like a Glenn Fry song, <laughs> you know, uh, it's terrible. It's then after that, I was like, I don't remember that. All this shit sucks. Yeah. I don't care who's playing on the record. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't If remember. I could, uh, da, 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 da. Oh, if I could, if I could turn back time. No, no. I don't want to waste time go, go, goggling it, but, but anyway, so, <laughs> but to, to, but to, but to your point, that's a prime example of, oh, if I ever lose my faith. Yeah, God, what a terrible song that is. <laughs> God damn. 
I'm gonna lose my faith in you. And it's like the second line is like, I don't know what I'll do. Or it's like the it's like sophomore. It's like shit that you know Taylor Swift wrote on her first record. It's just like the most like teeny bopper bullshit. I don't, stuff. I don't know any of this stuff. I yeah. don't even know the 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 Sting song. But I do know that when you when you come off a roaring band like you know, just watch any of those you know those those uh, late eighties Sting or Sting uh, police performances, and they're just flying. It's just it's a, it's a, it's a carnival, you know, riding a wave. It's just, no, it's, it's ridiculous. The energy that those yeah. three guys put off, but it also kind of shows you that that's, un, it's not sustainable Yeah, because that level of performance and that level of, of animosity between sting and Stuart was, was going to boil up into a fist fight on stage at some point. Yes. We were talking about this off mic a few weeks ago or a couple months ago about how, cause I, I I've no, I noticed and I noticed it years ago that 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 uh, Stewart was a rusher on stage. That yeah. he was always pushing, pushing really hard. Well, and you said that that Andy, Andy was pulling Andy back. Pulls back. Yeah. So yeah. then Sting was caught in the middle of that. Yeah. Which, I, as a lead singer, it's probably the most frustrating place he can be. Yeah. He says so, that they. Uh, so before, so the police got back together a while ago and did a couple tours, maybe or whatever. But they apparently there's some somewhere I think it's on like the VH1 storytellers or, or not storyteller but behind the music or whatever where they talk about the police you know and apparently they were all invited to somebody's wedding somebody somebody famous um, musician or whatever got, ringing a bell, yes. got married and they all got invited and they were all hanging out having fun you know they're all there with their wives and there was a famous band that was playing the wedding I, I say famous but I mean it's like it's like a one hit wonder band or. Somebody was playing the wedding, and they said, "Hey, the police are here. Can they sit in?" And they were like, "Sure, yeah, of course." And so they get up to play a song, and like Andy's got his leg up on the seat because the guitar strap wasn't working, and Sting, I mean, uh, fucking uh, Stewart hits the drum and knocks it off the stand, kind of a thing, you know. And, and Sting was basically like, "Yeah, it's just like the police, like in the old days, you know, <laughs> like it's just going wrong." And as soon as we start playing, Stewart speeds up, and Andy's. <laughs> Playing behind the beat. <laughs> Let me decide to get back together because we missed actually we missed playing. They played like whatever song they played, and they're like, "Oh, this is actually kind of fun now that we've been away from each other yeah. for yeah. twenty years or 20, 15 years, whatever it was." I got I got to find out who that band was because it's killing me to who, yeah. who who was the wedding band and whose wedding was it? Is there yes. video footage of this? Was it Sting's wedding? Oh. Yeah, there's video of it. Yeah, yeah somewhere cool. it might have been even been Sting's wedding. That's gotta be anyway. Fine. I didn't even know he was married. It reminds me, there was a story that you told a long, told me a long time ago. I can't remember if it was from Live Aid or something, where it was from when the police were still together. No, no, that was the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Where he breaks induction. the snare. Yeah. Picks it up as he's still playing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, that, that, again, when you, when you talk about the machine, the engine of a band, that's the drums. And if your drums are not driving, if your drums are not, I mean, just, just in, 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 in brief, your drummer's shit, your band's shit. End of story. There's just, there's no way around it. And watching Stuart Copeland play, I, I watch him just tune the drums. I don't care. Yeah. A monster, an absolute, just a gift. That is a gift. That guy has got, he, he does, I, I don't even, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't even know if he knows how good he is. And I say that just because I think he knows. <laughs> no, I mean, I just, he's 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 got, he's got the little, the little chip on his shoulder, so he, he, he knows. He does, yeah. but he's he's and he's he, he uh, watch any of the interviews. Of course, you you probably talked to him, but he's like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's on the list. Yeah, yeah. 
incredible mind. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, wonderfully smart and so gifted in, in his interview, in his skills in just communication and his ability to talk, to, to, to come down to your level, my level and talk to you about drums in this nearly remedial mm-hmm. tone w- without being condescending, just able to, 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 to bring you in and let you into his, how he plays and how he thinks of music and how, and my favorite part was too. And he, he came back to, to which I was upset that he did, but he, he, he said that uh, all, all jazz players are full of shit. And I said, yes, yes. <laughs> In what yes. way? They just, they just, they, they all, they're just, they, they look down their nose at everybody, at all players. He said, but they're just full of shit. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> you know, they're, you know, then he came back to amend that. He didn't, he didn't come back and, you know, you know, take it, take it, take it back. But he did amend his statement and it was, but he's brilliant in his, yeah, as fast as he thinks and as great as he plays. I, I, I'll only say that I don't know if he knows how one feels because if he knew the, 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 the admiration that, you know, people have of, I know, I know he knows that he's, you know, one of the all time greats. Yeah. But that's not even, that's not enough. <laughs> I, I just, I mean, when your drummer is that good, yes. Okay. Likes to rush a little bit, but just keep up. Because <laughs> that guy's... Well, it's his band. It's I mean, his it was, yes, it was it his band. Yes. And he's allowed to do what he wants to he's do. A, yeah. It's yeah. just really, it's really noticeable because you can't really hear it on the records. I and mean, obviously there were more likes, but a lot of bands do this when they're live. You get excited and you start pushing. But it's it's really noticeable <laughs> when you watch him play. And I saw it with, with uh, he did uh, some stuff with Adrian Ballou yeah. recently. And there's a clip of them covering uh, Lady Gurdenko, uh, Miss Gurdenko. Uh, where Adrian Blue singing lead on it, and and Stewart's playing drums, and you you could it's so super fast, like way faster than it really should be, in my opinion. And you can kind of see the the, the tension on Andrew and Adrian's face as he's trying to sing. You're like shit, yeah. <laughs> but there's nothing he could do, you know. I watched some How of those Stewart when, where Stewart's playing guitar and singing. He had Fender make him a guitar with one pickup and a volume knob, nothing else. <laughs> he said, "Because I just I don't play." You know, I don't play, I just beat the, and he plays the guitar like he plays the drums, Yeah, but he gets the point across. Right. So yeah. anyway, so yeah. we're talking about, you know, police in my, in my tiny little mind, police should have been everything and Sting should have been just a blip on the, yeah. David Lee Roth leaving Van Halen. Mm-hmm. Definitely not the best singer on the planet, but again, in my tiny little mind, in my little head, the greatest front man of all time. Yeah. yeah. Just, just, I don't care. Don't sing. Just be Dave. Just be Diamond Dave. Just do your thing. Well, you know, I, I think too that, you know, after, um, after he left Van Halen and he came out with that Eat Him a Smile record and that band he put together, I kind of think that that really overshadowed what Van Halen was trying to do. Even, you know, when they got Sammy Hagar, obviously, they were super successful, super pop. Some people like that. I don't like anything. No. Uh, after 1984, I can't get into really any, yeah. any Van Halen yeah. at all. And 1984 is even kind of a tough pill to swallow oh, I love, because I love, it's, it. I love it for me, because it's just like, for me being a kid in the eighties, it was overplayed. And like on you know, MTV, it's either, is either the jump video 
the Hoffer teacher video or Panama video. And it was like, That's, it's yeah. fine. It's, and it was great. But, um, but you know, with, with, you know, with, with, um, with Billy Sheehan on bass and Greg Bisson on drums and Stevie Vai on guitar, I'm sorry. That's a fucking killer band. Yeah. And it's an example of like, okay, I'm going to find three of the greatest musicians that play these instruments. And it worked because sometimes it doesn't work. You can, like you said, you can have the greatest people in a band, but if the chemistry is not there, it's not, doesn't, who cares? It doesn't yeah. really matter. And luckily he found three guys that could really play their instruments. I didn't really know about well. Greg Bissonette until Edelman's Mile. And I bought that record just because I knew this was going to be sure. one of those moments in rock where you go. <laughs> and well, then, and, yeah. and even, even uh, the song, uh, Par- uh, just like Living in Paradise off the next record, Sky, Sky, Skyscraper. Skyscraper, was it? I think so. Yeah. Think so he's like mountain climbing. Yeah. Yeah. All, all his own stuff. Yeah. No, no ropes, no yeah. nothing. Just on the ladies and Buffalo is a great fucking song. Off yes. that first record. That's a yes. cool, cool vibe to it. You know, yeah. but so Greg's story quickly is a uh, university of North Texas graduate. Um, he got hooked up with a guy named Brandon Fields. who was a jazz fusion kind of saxophone. So he did a couple of jazz fusion records. And then after that, I mean, David Lee Roth was kind of his, his like explode. Now, Hey, look, it's Greg Bissonette. And then eventually he, he was such a huge Beatles fan. He and his brother were huge Beatles fans that now Greg plays for Ringo Starr. He's Ringo Starr's drummer when Ringo goes on, on tour. But, um, oh, cool. but the, the funny thing was, I was just talking about this with somebody the other day. Um, I forget who it was, but, um, modern drummer magazine used to put these little floppy vinyl records inside of them. And every once in a while, it was something cool. And here it was, it was Greg Bissonette made the cover and he's he's got like the the spiky hair with the long blonde hair in the back, and his the David Lee Roth drum set looks like it's been blown up and stuff like that. And so the article is about him, but the recording was all the Brandon Fields stuff. And it was at that point, I forget what year that issue came out, but at that point, no one in America really knew what a songo was. And songo is a type of drum groove that that is kind of Afro Cuban based, but it's also American funk based. And he played it on one of these songs and I put that record on and I was like, like one of those jaw dropping ones, like, what the fuck is that? You know, kind of a thing. And they transcribe it and it's, it's a linear pattern, meaning that nothing really hits at the same time. Like both hands and both feet are doing four independent things. I'll play, I'll play it for you guys sometime just so you can kind of hear it. It's a really cool beat. Yeah. And, uh, and so he put it on, on this record and I remember like at the time it was like, do you remember where you were when you first heard this or when you first saw this for drummers, I think it was one of those moments where it's like when you first heard the song go being played on this record, it kind of changed your direction musically a little bit. It kind of got you to be like, Oh my God, what is going on here? Maybe when we get in the studio, we can have you play it for us. Cause yeah. I, 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 yeah. that's the kind of stuff I love. Yeah. And the other thing is to look at, look at those interviews from the, you know, from when David Lee Roth put this band together. 80, five or six or seven maybe obviously 1984 I'm was gonna say 87 because i came to the states halloween 87, i think i was in college and it was it was college by then yeah 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 so it was definitely you know around that yeah. middle later 80s yeah uh, cool but the interviews are as entertaining as the live shows because they are so happy to be handpicked by david lee roth and also i mean that was that was some great stuff yeah it's difficult for me 
to to get into that kind of stuff. I knew that the Steve Vai putting Steve Vai in there is this guy plays many, many, many notes. And like a Yingve, I'm not a Yingve fan. I'm blown away at what he can do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear that many notes ever. Yeah. But Steve Vai is the same is is I thought was the same style. Steve Vai is not the same style. Yeah. He is music. He is soul. He is but he's technique personified. He is what when it comes to guitar, the the ability the the how much he knows about music comes out in his playing. Everything he plays yeah. is musical. And mm-hmm. like, again, Joe Satriani can't stand him. I don't want to hear a Joe Satriani <laughs> record ever. Or don't care who's playing on it. I don't hear it. I understand that he is a phenomenal guitar player. Don't want to know anything about it. That's not my thing. Here's another guitar solo for Yeah, no, and, and the rumor was that, you know, Satriani had taught or, or gave lessons to Stevie Vai at some point that was, did they really give him lessons or were they just hanging out and kind of jamming and like, Oh, you could try to look at this motion or look at this sweep yeah. or whatever kind yeah. of a thing, you know, but did anybody go see the Joe Satriani, Steve Vai, Eric Johnson world no. tour? Good Lord. That sounds terrible. <laughs> it sounds like, it sounds like one of those journey Motley Crue poison, you know, uh, Tours, yeah. I don't ever want to see that many yeah. guitars in a row. That was a thing, though. That was a thing back in I think in the nineties. That was actually a thing. That well, they call, I forget, in, I forget in, what they called in, it. In, but in it fairness was a, to you know the the metal guitar play, players that wanted to hear that stuff, those guys were starving because they had been flushed out. They'd been washed away by grunge. And, oh sure. Yeah. And so now yeah. there's all these records with no. Oh G three G three. That's right. G three G three tour. Sorry. But there's also GTR. (laughs) Okay, so this is a completely off the off the. Actually, I like that first GTR record. GTR was was uh, Steve Howe, Steve Hackett, and uh, what was the other guy? Uh, Another guitar player, Jonathan Mover, played drums on it. That's how much I know. All all prog guys. Yeah, yeah. Steve Wonder. Ah, it's driving me crazy. I can't remember. Steve Hackett, Steve Howe, Steve Wonder. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, that's a whole other yeah topic. GTR. Great and terrible at the same time. <laughs> um, well, who else we got? So and, and another one that I thought of uh, the other day was a Boomtown Rats. I thought, what? Uh, good, good. I want to. I want to see where this is going to go. Okay. Well, I loved the Boomtown Rats because they came out at a time. Uh, uh, Bob Geldof and I went to the same school for a very, very short amount of time. I'll have you know. Um, and they were actually from Dunleary, which is just up the road from where I grew up, but kind of a, kind of a punk. I I was never a punk fan, but they were, they were kind of that new wave punk border. And I, I enjoyed their stuff. They, they just really different. And Bob Geldof's career, I think it was just the longevity of it. Now it was dwarfed Boomtown Rats, but he had a career after the Boomtown Rats. And he's he's going strong. He's still alive. Yeah, yeah. He's going strong. I, I know nothing about this man. Yeah, it's I, 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 it's a Boomtown Rats are not. I, I know that. Not, I know that great. one song. Yeah, don't like Mondays. Yeah. Um, but they had yeah, Banana Republic was a great song, and um, they they're, 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 they really have a they have a decent catalog. I remember Johnny Fingers, their guitar player, excuse me, guitar player, their piano player, Johnny Fingers. 
He was a <laughs> he was a great uh, personality in in that band. The band was weird. They all, they all looked like they hadn't showered in in, in months. But um, just Dexy's Midnight Runners or the, the Dexy Midnight Runners or Boomtown Rats. Boomtown Rats. Okay. But Dexy Midnight that was a, that was a band. I don't like anything by them. I, I, I hope their B sides are good, or their their if they had any deep. They, cuts. But they were just more of one kind of one hit. Yeah, that was well. Here they were one hit. Yeah, I, I saw something about there recently that they were actually pretty big over there before that song came out. So I, I don't hear. know how big, but yeah. yeah, I was over there at the time, and I I didn't know anything about it. And that <laughs> song came out, and they yeah, yeah. but so but again, dirty. But but uh, Boomtown Rats have got some stuff, and Bob Geldof has got some really decent. Solo stuff. And again, that's more that's more a European thing. So I'm gonna say, yeah. We we, we can cut that out. <laughs> uh and then bands like and, and again we were talking about were we talking about Bad Company the other day? Uh I think a song came oh, on the yes. radio and I was like, Oh my god, how terrible is this song? Yes. How boring. I mean not 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 terrible, it's just boring. It's just like extremely boring. What was the singer? Paul, Paul Rogers. Rogers. Paul Rogers. Couldn't, couldn't care less. I don't want to hear any of his stuff. I heard Johnny was this schoolboy when That's he heard the one, his yeah. first Beatles Shooting song. Star? Yes. The name of the song, right? Yeah. Shoot Me in the Mouth. Yeah. He was. No, he, that's the song that was playing. Yeah. Dun, dun, Don't you know that you are? Yeah. That, that one. Yeah. That's what I was, I was saying because I, I had a vague memory of, of uh, uh, Dave Allen Co. covering that song when, when we opened oh, for yeah, him. I think you said that. Yeah. Oh, so the only, the only See, I didn't recognize any of the songs that he played. Yeah, he was. It was almost all covers. Oh, I know, I know yeah, that. That's crazy. I remember the the, yeah. the look on the audience's face going, "What's he doing?" Yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, then didn't Paul sing in uh, the firm? The firm. That's right. I was thinking about that when I was when we were talking about guitar. Him and Jimmy, uh, uh, Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page and Chris Slade on drums, and who was the bass player? Good question. Somebody, those super groups. Radio active. But so I bought, so I, I I bought the Queen, and don't don't get don't get mad. But I I did uh, down, buy and download the Queen uh, live with Paul Rogers record, uh, and they're playing in she- they're playing in Sheffield, and band sounds great. Paul actually sounds good singing the Queen stuff. Brian sings a bunch. He sounds better than I thought he would. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, but then they do they do a couple bad company songs. And it's like what the energy gets sucked Why? out of the room. Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like Queen playing, you know, all right now, baby, it's all right. And uh, and uh, some, uh, I don't know, whatever the other fucking song. I'm, I'm trying to give so, myself hemorrhoids here. Keep so going. So what I've done is like, I've gone through it and I've deleted those. I purchased, but I like delete, delete those, whatever songs he sings oh. that, are, that are like bad company songs. Cause it's just, it's, I get it because he's a singer from another band, but, it just sounds like shit, you know, and it's so well, I boring. Heard, I heard. I have to say this too because I heard on um, an interview, Def Leppard talking about they were comparing themselves to Queen. Yeah, how dare they? Yeah, the same band talking about Queen. You don't. You don't compare yourself to Queen. Well, not when every song you write sounds the same. Yes, and you can't sing. Right, you can't sing. You just just flat out cannot sing. Is it because and, they had a guy die too? So now they're like Queen. Oh, the guitar player with the hair. Yeah, died. Steve Clark. Clark. Ooh, yeah. It's a good coffee. Yeah, <laughs> talking about Def Leppard memories. Yeah, <laughs> but they. I mean, 
they're they're no comparison. You, you, you don't you don't do that. You don't ever do that. And uh, well, we have a guitar player, and they have a drummer, and we have a drum. Yes, we're like <laughs> we're both British. Yeah, yeah. sounds not unreasonable. So that was that. Yeah, that's but I, that, that's. I, I don't know if that's the only untouchable band in this rock is like and the roll. fourth time you said this, so it must be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should put the. But so the thing about Queen too, it's like you listen, you buy a Queen any Queen record, doesn't matter which one. And every song has got its own unique take. It's not necessarily like, and we and we said this before. It's like it's not like it's a full, like it's a rock album or it's a dance album yes. or it's what. It's like it's all different shit. And that's the yeah. beauty of what that band was. It's like yeah. you lump them in the rock and roll, the rock category because, but some of their stuff is operatic, some of it's classical, some of it's pop, some of it's dancehall, some of it's whatever. You know. And you, th- those personalities that. that they they fought so hard to get their song as the single, but then their collaborations took them in areas that they would never have found without each other. But add add a new ingredient, and it's not going to happen. Yeah. So, uh, John Deacon was as you know this. I, th- I think it's the equal parts because people may not they might not know John Deacon as well as they know Taylor or May or Mercury. You know. But he was as he wrote as many wonderful tracks as as, yeah. as any sort of biggest hits. Yeah. So, cool. so, <laughs> so yeah. So the, the I'm in love with my car comes to mind when I think of of songs. Yeah, you could you could have still had your career without that. But there's they still play alive though. I, I, I know yeah. they do. I mean, it, it it wasn't it wasn't a make or break track for them. They're just so much material. That they, but but, but I, I, well, I'm trying, what I'm trying to say is that nobody was a lesser songwriter. I know that uh, uh, Taylor wrote that one, and then um, you know, then I think it was Brian May that wrote "Love of My Life," and I thought Freddie wrote that. I th- well, maybe we'll have to look that up. What the? Maybe it's a collaboration, but whatever it was, I, I heard I heard that them on the live at Wembley. Just, just the guitar and the vocals. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's you know, you know, my life's not complete without that song. Yeah, sure. and and so on and so forth. You know, so 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 there's no, there you just don't you just don't replace an no. ember of that, of that. You know, traveling Wilburys too. So Roy Orbison takes you know, he uh, he takes to the to the underground. You know, and it's gone away. <laughs> And uh, he, uh, you know, like he's on the run or something. The yeah. motherfucker's dead. Yeah. Well, um, my other friend that faked his own death. He uh, he told me. Anyway, we we'll get to that later. Don't but, be cruel. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, so so they didn't run out and and you know put an ad in the music magazine looking for you know a crooner. Well, that's, yeah, a, that's just, yeah. but, I mean, eh. they had enough talent in the band to keep going. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and the Wilburys are also a, a special yes, case. Uh, yeah. That's a special. I know, yeah, but they still, weren't really a band. I mean, yeah. they were a group of guys. They were a band, but it was, you know, it was a completely spontaneous thing that happened. Right. But then it was also like, it's only going to be this. I mean, in, in, in yes. the realm of things, it's like this. Yeah. Long. Yeah. Right. But I mean, George, that's why 
George was so excited about it. You'd, you'd listen to the interviews that he would, he insisted that they all go hang out, you know, and that's why it was fun. You, you, you always talk about the hang, mm-hmm. you know, how important that is. And George was totally on board with that. And he missed that from the Beatles, you know? So that's one of the reasons why he was so excited about Beatles. doing that with Again, those guys. Have you ever heard of them? Four, four piece out of, but those you guys, you spend. just don't, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you just don't. Interesting. Yeah, you just don't. You just don't go and you know pick pick another piece. You know, right? Lose one piece and add another. You don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Although I will say one thing about the Beatles. Just one. Just one thing ever is that when they broke up, who was the one constant guy that kept showing up on all their solo records? Yeah, Ringo Starr. Ringo. Yeah, Ringo showed up. No, Ringo showed up. George Michael. Yeah. It took a while. He, he didn't play with Paul until the eighties, I think. But still, yeah, he showed up. The other, the other three of them were on each other's records all the time. Yeah. Well, John didn't play in Georgia stuff. He should have, but he didn't. Yeah, but George was on his records, at least one of them. Anyway, yeah, we got this part out too, <laughs> John. Anyway, um, yeah. How are we doing? We're doing good. Yeah. yeah. But speaking of speaking of, uh, so stones. You can replace any of those motherfuckers. And they have. Care. You could just. They have. Yeah, yeah I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> Brian Jones. Yeah. yeah. Take, them, take them all out. The thing that makes me mad about the Rolling Stones is, besides a lot of things, is Daryl Jones has been playing bass in that band since when? Oh, yeah. You mentioned this. And it, oh, and it makes me mad that they don't give him any credit at all. He's been in the band, I think, longer than Bill Wyman was now, by now. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's been the bass oh, player yeah. in that band longer than Bill Wyman, and they, won't, they don't give him any fucking credit at all i think what they should do is they should switch the players and def leppard with uh rolling stones and just see if anybody notices i don't think anybody would (laughs) this is an amazing example along those lines that tom petty's band had so few lineup changes over the years and they did you know he was forced to replace a couple of people but that's basically it you know because early on ron quit you know after the two two or three albums he decided he just wanted to leave because he was tired of the tired of the music industry. So then they brought in Howie who later died. And then Ron comes back. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so, yeah. so strange. And then of course the only other lineup change was, well, number one, they added the guy, what his name is that other, the second keyboard player, guitar player guy later or drummer too. And then, yeah. And then Steve Roan came in after yeah. the, after, uh, but again, Steve was in the band longer than yeah. Stan ever was. Yeah. You know? so yeah. Yeah. Steve, Steve Roan, he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really enjoy it. Really great drummer. Yeah, yeah. Didn't get no credit. Yeah, see, drummers can be replaced. Like I know nobody's busy. Just anytime, anytime. anytime. Yeah. Not true. Not true. That's. Yeah, I always think of Phil Rudd in 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 that because I I, I saw I saw ACDC with I don't even know who it was at the was it the ball guy or the guy with the hair Toyota Center. I don't know. I didn't even look. Just uh, it was either Chris Slade who played in the firm, the ball guy, or Simon Wright with long hair. And both those guys are those both both Simon and 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 Chris are great great yeah. drummers, but they're just not Phil Rudd. But I saw I saw ACDC with Phil Rudd, and that's ACDC. Yeah, that was the you know, and I may have mentioned it before, but I have to. I'm going to say it again. I don't care. <laughs> Under most underrated metal drummer of all you know, of all time, Nigel Glocker, and I'm going to say Clive Burr as well of Iron Maiden early Iron Maiden. Well, there's one another guy that comes to mind too that is in a very, very, very famous band, or was in a very famous band, who doesn't get as much love as I think he deserves, at least from the drumming community. It's Alex Van Halen. 
Oh, now the thing yeah. about the thing, yeah, this, the thing about like that, like your Clyde Burge and Simon Glocker. I mean, Alex. I mean, Nigel Glocker. Nigel, sorry. Um, I'm, I'm still learning about Nigel. Yeah. Um, is that you know you have David and Eddie in the front, and you kind of forget how good Alex really is, and especially on that early stuff. There's some crazy metal drumming on on that, especially on that uh, uh, Women and Children First record. That record is, I mean, and his groove is just like. And He's, people I, don't I'm, give him enough credit, I think, as, as, as in the drum world as much as, as much as we should. By the way, and him and Phil Rudd are two guys that I, I like. Once a year, I'll, I'll make a post like, "Don't forget about these guys because these guys are yeah. the bee's uh, knees." You know, I'm, I'm with you on even before Clive and the, just be, just because of his contribution to. He's so underrated in the. And, but, and let me finish my own sentence. <laughs> In just searching drum solos and stuff, there's no, practically none when it comes to Alex Van Halen tutorials or drum solos or interviews with drum interviews. He's just gone. He's, so, he's, yeah, to, to that point, we've tried, we've asked to get him to come to my drum convention. Like, hey, do you think Alex would come? And everyone says, nope, mm. not going to come. Why not? He doesn't do that kind of stuff. He's very, very private. And you're right. I mean, you look online, you'll see some live Van Halen stuff. You know, you might see somebody's, you know, yeah, crazy, you know, angle from a concert that he's playing at, but hardly any. I mean, I can't remember the last time he was actually in Modern Drummer, maybe 20 years ago. When was the last time you saw a, a drum solo on a, a, a legitimate drum solo on not just something, you know, like you say, a, a video from somebody's phone on a, you know, on a documentary or anything. There's nothing, there's no footage of him. And he, he is, he's just, and I've spoken to many, many drummers about him. They all hold him in the highest of regard. Yeah, he's, he's just, he's one of those guys that's just, he's, he's important. I think, I think the problem is, is that he's important to the drumming lexicon, but, um, I think what what is what is uh like like Van Halen can kind of get lumped sometimes into like the classic rock category and and not really besides Eddie guitar playing and David's maybe his banter as far as like being like uh, uh how can I say this correctly without offending everybody offend them go for it well it's just the idea of like they're not a, they're, they're not as great as people think they are like Van Halen as a, as a, as a unit, they're a really good band. But I think as far as like their contribution to the history of rock and roll, it's it's kind of middle of the road kind of stuff. I mean, Eddie's guitar playing was obviously, you know, inspirational. Like when I did, but I think as far as like their contribution, otherwise, it's just they're they're okay songs. You know, they're, they're just some popular songs. But I think there's bands, other bands that play circles around around them that you know, people don't even know about, but I can see the way you're looking at me right now. But <laughs> as far as, you know, Alex's playing goes, I mean, it's definitely, definitely, definitely underrated. There's never, there's, they don't have one record where he takes a break. There's no, no song. Yeah. There's, he just, he just plays his ass off all the yeah, time. Yeah. Uh, and I disagree with the songs with this, the, the, I think David's lyrics 
are I, I don't think that there I don't think there's there's anybody that comes close to Dave's tongue in cheek rock and roll lyrics. Well, yeah, there's that. I mean, it's like it's like he said in that interview. He's like, yeah, he's like, ain't talking about love, and you know, he's talking about he's not talking about love. He's talking about something else, you know. And, and I get that, but some of that stuff is just yeah, it kind of cringy. But I, that's just me, though. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I, I I didn't when it dawned on me that Dave Lee Roth is the best frontman of all time. Um, when, when that dawned on me, then I went back and looked at the lyrics and, you know, yes, on paper, can't you see me standing here? I've got my back against the record machine. Can't you see me? That, that's not a great lyric, but that's a gr- that's a perfect lyric for, for John. For, for him. For, yeah. yeah. For, for, for David Ross to sing. Yeah. And, and the way yeah. he delivers it. Yeah. Nothing. And, and just, and, and the stuff that he, when he's talking, when he's talking in the records and he's putting, he's just bringing you in the bedroom or he's bringing, you know, whatever he's doing at that time, you know, reach down between my legs. He's the seat back. Panama. They, they, that's not going to, that's not going to make any, yeah. that's not going to make any impact on you. If you're reading it off the back of the sleeve, we put that record on. Now you've just, now you, now you've started to live. Yeah. You know, yeah, this yeah. is, this is, uh, yeah. So genius. Now, I also want to let you into a little thing. If you, if you want to ever want to write a song, this is what's been killing me. Right? It's been killing me. I hate every lyric that I write. But there's a way out of that. What you do is you go and you put a Twisted Sister record on. <laughs> and once you hear what you hear, what you can get away with. Exactly. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Yeah. So, yeah. so my sister told me a long time ago, she said, your problem is... One of my problems, she said, one of your problems is mm-hmm. you're listening to Tom Petty and the Dire Straits and the, these lyrics. You know, just be yourself. Go your own, you know, do, do your own thing. And when you stop trying to be the David Lee Roth or the Freddie Mercury or whatever, then, you know, think, well, yeah, put, put a Twisted Sister record on. Yeah. Or an ACDC record on and just, you know, off you go. Or, or, or a Beyonce record where it takes seven guys to write those lyrics. <laughs> I don't even know. I, this is the God's honest truth. I don't know any of her stuff. I don't know any of that. Who you're talking about, uh, Tyler, Taylor Swift? Uh, yeah. Don't know Taylor any Swift. of that stuff. <laughs> Tyler Swift. I was going to say Tyler, Tyler Swift. She dressed as a man in her last video. So yeah. I don't, whatever. I don't any, no clue who they are. It's fine. Don't care. You're not missing yeah, anything. Yeah. But we all should know who Nigel Glocker is. We all should know... Uh, like very, very few Nigel Glocker videos licensed, you know, yeah. you know, you gotta see that stuff. You gotta, we have to know the, the, what's going on here in the, in the rock and roll world. And you need that in your life. You need that because I'm telling you, and I'll say it again. If your band has a mediocre to shit drummer, you don't have a band. You don't. You're not going to get away with it. I, and yeah, you two will. They'll 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 get away with this one because they did the same thing for. They did the one strength, you know, the one trick pony thing through all their career. So they get away with that. They they get a pass. In the, in them, but I'm saying if you don't have you're if you're in rock and roll and your drummer is mediocre to shit, you need to you know either replace it or get a new career. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I, 
Could not be more serious about it. Damn it. Can we think of a band? I mean, is there a band that we know that where it's like, uh, if only the drummer was different? I mean, I, I guess that kind of proves your point that we don't, right? I mean, I can't think of anybody. The only, the only thing I remember, I just have a vague memory of, I'm not a huge Birds fan, but I remember listening to one of their early records and just being kind of appalled at, at the drumming on it. But I can't tell you who that is or what record it was. It wasn't it? It was like it wasn't. It was like deep cuts too. It wasn't like their hits. Yeah, because if it's a hit, like turn, turn, turn. Is I think it was Hal Blaine. Yeah, playing on that stuff. Yeah, it definitely was not Hal Blaine. Yeah, whatever track I was um, hearing. Um, or think, one of those. One of those. I think it was one, at least one of those uh, Wrecking Crew guys. Or right. Of course, you know uh, what was his name? Dennis Wilson never played drums on the. No. Like maybe the early stuff he did uh, on the Beach Boys. No. And he's a, he's another he's another guy. It was like one two a one two three four. No sense of time. Yeah, okay. Yeah, look at look at some of that old live Beach Boys stuff where they're wearing the striped the striped shirts. Fucking Dennis playing drums. It's kind of it's kind of like almost like punk rock in a way because he's just back there. Of course, he was the best looking one in the band. So yeah, it's a whole other story. But well, I've heard I've heard uh, live Motorhead tracks where Filthy Phil Taylor was off way off to where they sounded a punk and his drums didn't sound good. He improved as he went on and he was always the greatest of personalities, such a character. So but, he got away with it. Yeah. But how much that live stuff is maybe like, I don't know. Yeah. Alcohol influenced. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Something so, else influenced. To, 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 to front a band with a guy that's back there as a, you know, the, the, the watch the motorhead documentary watch the even the behind the music crap you know that's a candy coated bullshit on vh1 or whatever but watch it for the stuff that phil taylor endured just the stuff that he taping his broken wrist together with duct tape so he could finish playing uh breaking his neck and i've just Rock and roll to yeah, the, yeah, that, to the yeah, bone. That's, that's a so, whole different. So uh, I can think of bands that I'd seen with terrible drummers and not r- opening for. I, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm steering into the abyss here. I can't, I, I can't even place it. But I've seen uh, drummers. Oh, uh, we talked about it the other time. Uh, I watched early and late space hog videos uh-huh. where the early drummer was just playing out of his mind and just, you have to be a, a musician, a well-rounded, a very, very, very professional with a lot of miles musician to play in that band. You know, the energy and the musicianship and at that level you have to be, but then I watched the later videos with the whoever that other guy was. Extremely boring mm. to watch, but he was holding it down and a good singer. So yeah. there was a let's give a tape. But uh, watching the contrast in excuse me in li- really really lively and capable drummer to a stoic. Yeah, I think I think the argument would be I don't because you know I mean there's obviously you can fix a lot of stuff in the studio or you have someone else play on the studio stuff and you go see somebody play live. I can't think of anybody every, anytime I've been like, Oh, this drummers, Ugh. you know, unless <laughs> yeah. it's been like more of like a local band. Yes. 
like situation, but nothing like nothing like a national touring act or something yeah. like that. Yeah, you know, I'm, not, I'm racking my brain. I can't usually, think it's pretty professional. Mm-hmm. Well, that would be our homework for the next. I one. mean, so, I mean, you see some bands you just don't like just because yeah. it's just like Ugh, boring, and, and, and you, know. you can't find anything redeeming because of it's that. just or it's just like it's it's fine. It's just boring. You know, it's not yeah. it's not making me want to move. And I want to see the live. I want to see the headliner. You know, kind of yeah. thing. And sit through the because I'm not thing. a Stones fan. It was easy for me to to dislike Charlie Watts because the cat cat that drove me crazy. Yeah, I'm still. I mean, a lot of drummers like him, but I'm still trying to figure out. And you know, people talk about how great he is, and obviously, he's a he's a he he plays. He's a solid player, but. Again, there's nothing about the Rolling Stones that I really enjoy. Yes, like, <laughs> yes, it's not I, like I'm a, with you. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate what they've done for history, but I think Lemmy said it best when he said, "Beatles, working class; those guys had to earn it. Mm-hmm. Stones, art students; they were just fucking off." Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. And, the, and the way they took the way they f- completely fucked up American blues music in the early '60s, I was just like. Yeah. God, this is why kind of why I hate the blues, I think. It's because of the Rolling Stones, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then just the fact that maybe they've been around for so long, or maybe, you know, they had some hits, but there's nothing. There's not. Oh, uh, oh can I, uh, can't you hear me knocking? That's the one Rolling Stones song I like because it's like the drums are kind of like adventurous because they're playing halftime. Coo, coo, cow, coo, coo. And, uh, do, do, da, do, 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 you know, the raise in the hand crazy. on yeah. two and four. And I get that's his style and people love Charlie Watts and I'm happy that he's a drummer and, and I know he's a very, I've heard he's a very gentlemanly and very nice guy and, and very much an anti drummer drummer, you know, like, what do you mean? like he's played the same drum set for, which is fine. I mean, he's played the same drums for who knows how many years he's had the same symbols since the dawn of symbol making. I think, wow, he doesn't really, uh, he changes his heads and maybe changes the stick once in a while but he's really big into collecting antique pocket watches and that's fine. You know, you all got to have a hobby and, and he can afford to have that well, he hobby. He wants to keep time. He wants to keep time. There you go. And I, like, I, I can think of the, I can think of the drummer and this is not going to, this is not going to endear me to uh, anybody, but I think of the drummer that I, that, and, and of course the band is one of the biggest of all time. However, I think they could have been so much better with a better drummer, Metallica. Um, and, I've seen them play in concert many times. Mm-hmm. And I just think Lars Ulrich plays so much mm-hmm. that it hurts. I, just when the groove, when the riff gets going and you get into that, that you, you're in the pocket as we talk about when the, just everything. I saw them with Cliff Burton. I saw Cliff Burton's last show. Uh, yeah, it wasn't his last show, he, he, but it was a few shows before he died. At the SFX in Dublin, I've seen the play with Jason Newsted, and uh, you know, I'm not not interested in anything they're doing. But um, uh, Lars, to me, is exactly what you don't want. Just seems like as soon as the groove is established, and you're just about to get into the into the pocket, and you're supposed to, we change. Well, so it makes me wonder because. About Lars, because if you go online, you go on YouTube and you look for Lars Ulrich fails, there's a lot of videos of him fucking up on live <laughs> gigs, like in concert, like something gets fucked up, like he plays the wrong part, 
or he comes in too early. And I guess I could do a look. For, I could search for any famous drummer. Alex Van Halen fails. Not you know Nigel Glocker fails. Whoever fails, you know Clyde Burr fails. Probably not going to find hardly any. Or Nico McBrain fails. Or there's no such thing. Who, who, whoever, whoever. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it as an example. Of course, I don't want to get beat up in your own house. Um, but if you Google it, you know, go to you go to YouTube and type in Lars Ulrich fails or L- Lars Ulrich mishaps or goof ups, and there's a lot. It seems to me like a lot of videos out there that show him fucking up. Well, I don't know. There's probably. I think. I'm just saying. I know. I know. He's 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 widely disdained as a player. There was that meme that you showed me when we were we were driving up to uh to uh to um uh, Nebraska, and you showed me this meme where there was that that clown in the sewer meme thing. Oh, it's uh, so, you know, Pennywise. Lars, from yeah, yeah, yeah. Lars Ulrich is down here, <laughs> and they start bringing cement to the thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, so the clown the clown is in the uh, in the drain from is from the Stephen King story. It. And the clown lives in the drain and he attracts little kids and he, he eats them or whatever. And, uh, and, uh, he's like, Psst, Lars Ulrich is down here. And the very next scene, you see the guy like pouring. And usually when something happens, the kid's like, Oh, you have candy or whatever. And they reach in and he, and he, and he kills him. But this time he says, Lars Ulrich is down here. The guy gets a cement truck and fills the, <laughs> fills the train. The cement. Like, no, not going near that shit. Uh, <laughs> find, we gotta find that meme and post it on the, on the uh, thing this week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but there's, you can find, clips of almost anybody fucking up really i mean not almost oh, anybody. is that a challenge maybe it is the chat challenge but i mean uh-huh. like there, there's there's clips and it's it's you could it's really easy to go and find this like like uh freddie mercury there's there's plenty of clips out them there of his voice cracking you on stage which is just when you when you tore as often as they did oh, yeah but okay so your voice cracking is, is is a physical Issue that you have because, like you said, because you, you sing high notes, you're singing hard, and you're, you're singing loud. Fatigue, yeah. But he's not fucking up the words. He's not fucking up the phrasing. He's not fucking up when he comes in. Right. Lars does all those things. Yeah. He plays the wrong beat. He can't find one. Right. And he's in charge of finding one. Well, that's, that's the shit that drives me I, crazy. No, I understand. Yeah. But there's there's also clips, plenty of clips of John Lennon forgetting lyrics and stuff and things like well, that. You know, it's John Lennon. Come on, you know how I feel about that. <laughs> I couldn't do anything right. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, and then our local our local uh, hero, Mister Matt Johnson, incredible drummer, good friend of ours. He said a long time ago that this is back when the Houston Press was doing the the. Music awards, best whatever, yeah, exactly. He said there should be the category should be best rhythm section, mm-hmm. and I agree a hundred percent. I didn't think about that until he said it. I think that's the I think that's how it should be mm-hmm. because if you don't have a Nico, Steve, or a you know if you don't have a rhythm section that's you know it, 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 even your Paul and Ringo, even if you if you don't have that. Again, you're 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 kind of tied one hand behind your back and trying to juggle. It's it's not it's not a it's it, it, it's you know you really need that that machine working sure because you you know this is a this is a, rock and roll is a serious business and I challenge anybody to 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 say especially now that we've been stuck in for so long challenge anybody to 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 say, you know, you know, you can't live without it. Yeah. 
Do you think Lars, I mean, I don't know anything about Metallica really, but do you think, did, did Lars suffer? Like, was there something lost? Obviously there was a huge loss when Cliff Burton died, but would the, did that rhythm section suffer? No, he's always played. He's always been, been Without him, like that. No, uh, I mean, Cliff, Cliff is a great bass player. Jason's a great bass player. Robert Trujillo is a great, they're all great bass players. So it's not like when, yeah, like, no, no, no. I think he's just like John Entwistle lost Keith Moon, you know, obviously there was, not that John Entwistle's playing got worse, but obviously there was something missing. I, I think, I think Lars is just lazy. I think he's just lazy. I, I think don't think he, he's lazy. I think he, I, I think he likes, uh, motor breath off the hit, the, um, kill them all record. Uh, Okay, that's fine. But it just seems as soon as you establish the the, the thing, there's a beeline. There's a okay. It just seems that wherever you can put the wherever you can put the 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 hit the dump it up it that's not going to be. It's going to be you know what I mean. Switch everything backwards. Let's put in a fill where it doesn't belong. Let's change up the as soon as the riff is established. Let's come in on the offbeat and fuck up the riff. It's it, it just the, mm. well. That's another example of a drummer. It's a, it's, a, it's his band. I mean, he's he was yes, it he's, it's his band. Yeah. So, but I, I, when I mean lazy, I mean like in the last fifteen twenty years or so, all the live stuff where he's just kind of become I think complacent with what Metallica is and what his role is in that band. And by lazy, meaning just like, okay, I'm playing this part and my mind's going to wander to something else and then I'm going to fuck it up. Oh, oh and that's what, that's what, and that's what I mean by lazy. I don't think yeah. like playing on the records is one thing and, and, and having a, having one idea. Where, where, oh, I think the song should go here, right or wrong. That's where he wants that song yeah, to go. And probably mostly wrong. But when it comes to the live stuff, I think his brain is just like, I'm Lars Horwick and I play in one of the biggest heavy metal bands of all time. And who gives a shit? I don't care. I can't wait for this to be over so I can go back and count my money in my trailer. And then that's when the mind starts to wander, and then the fuck ups happen. Nah. I'm not speaking for him. I'm just a, I'm, yeah. I'm saying that from someone who has been a lazy drummer before, when I was in a situation where I was just like, oh, I just want to get through this gig, kind of a thing, derailers. Um, um, just you know, and then the mind wanders, and you yeah, get lazy. That, that'll it's do just it. Like, yeah, uh, just kind of, just kind of like you know, punch the clock and just get through the thing and, and move on to the next thing. So. One, and this made me made makes me think of. This, and this is an example of that there, I love music documentaries. I don't have to know anything about the band or even like the band. Uh, and there's a good documentary and, and some kind of monster is a really good example. Of that. I don't know. Have you ever, have you ever watched oh, yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. And it was, the, you know, the big chunk of that movie is where James Hetfield says, I'm out of here, <laughs> takes a year off, you know, and kind of forces the whole band to take a year off too. Sure. And I'm just wondering, coming from that and speaking of solo careers, did James ever do anything on his own? Did he ever put out his own record or try to do? Not, not, not that I know. Not that I've heard of. Yeah, he strikes me as somebody who really should because it was. It was I mean, I've maybe seen things have changed, but there's you know he was clearly really, really uh, unsettled and unhappy in that movie. I mean, in, during the, when that documentary was being made, and then in thinking about it, there was I can't I don't know what album it was. I know there was a Metallica album that came out where he was clearly trying to he was change, trying some new stuff and different different singing style, and people got really you know pissed off about that because it didn't sound like Metallica anymore. Yeah. It's like, why doesn't he just go and do some stuff on his own? Was that the, was that, was that the first record after the black? Cause I would like to hear that. There was a couple, there was a couple of them. There was load and reload, which were awful. Again, they tried something new and they're, uh, <clears throat> and then I, I, again, I don't know the, the order because I'd given up before 
uh, I, I like Justice, and I, I liked and Justice for All. Uh, the songs were really long and extremely complicated, but I, I just like still some of high, higher energy stuff. And Black Album came out, and they did very, very commercial radio stuff. And again, I don't fault them for it, but that's kind of where they were going. And do, it, 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 again, it was enjoyable at the time because there was not a lot on the radio or mm-hmm. not a lot to to, mm-hmm. to choose from around then. But, uh, you know, it's, it's bands like Slayer and the, the, all the heavy bands, they continued on doing what they were doing. And so they were able to look down, at, you know, and say, well, that's not our... So so they went off in a different direction and they, they tried to... They, they all cut their hair at the same time, which I thought was very, <laughs> very strange. Um, and then they did the... the you know, and then they stepped out of that that metal into the pro, what what is it grunge even whatever it was. I'm not sure what it was. And yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't memorable at all. Uh, but you can't you can't fault them for it when you when you when you if you collectively want to do something different. Because I know mm-hmm. after uh, Maiden came off the the I think it was Peace of Mind uh, record. They had just, it seemed like they had just conquered the world. And Bruce Dickinson was saying, well, why should, you know, should we do a, a, an acoustic more uh, laid back there? What are you talking about? No. Mm. <laughs> are you having a go? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, but he, he, he thought that that would be the time. And the band said no. So I assume Metallica said, no, let's, let's try something different. And, off they went, and yeah. they came back to it, and they did St. Anger, and they did those other things, and I couldn't, I didn't go get their, any of the records. Was, I think that's the one, I think it was the St. Anger record that I'm thinking of. It. I thought, I thought, they kind of, I thought they went back to their formula on St. Anger. St. Anger, I mean, okay, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It was Load or Reload, they, they and, did, and that they other have, one. And, that but they, they, they seem to take all the melody out of it, and they just, they just seem to, and they took all the, all the EQ out of the, the recording, it just, everything sounded like it was, it was uh, uh, raw and well, unfinished. Yeah. And speaking of injustice, I just saw this little interview with Jason Newstead, uh, which I think I don't know if it was recent or not, but they were talking about that record and how he got his bass, no bass. mixed out of it. Mm-hmm. And so some, someone got their hold a hold of it and remixed it with the bass in it. Oh. And, and they call it and Jason for all. Yeah. Oh, cool. And, and apparently he was, he was at some show somewhere and some kid walked out to him and gave him a CD and said, how did hey, they do I, that? I, here's a copy of the fixed record and you can actually hear his bass parts on Does it. Some of you got a hold of the multi-tracks. I, cause there's a really cool, I forget the mixer's name, the guy who was, who was I, saw, I saw that too. Yeah. yeah. Where he's, he tells a story like in more depth, I think at the time than people had heard before that, that, you know, he, he had it, the whole album was mixed. He had it done and everything and it was ready to go. And then Lars came in and just Lars came in and said, it all no, up. No. Yeah. Now bring the bass down to bring it up, bring it down further. Big, just so you can just not barely even hear it. Are you serious? What the hell's going on? And apparently he, the mix, cause he, he had, it was, it was really was just Lars because, uh, James Hetfield was there and said, yeah, he gave the, he gave the mix a thumbs up and everything. And then, and they cut. This it's annoying in this in this clip. You could you could look at the comments of this video. People were pissed off. Like, why did you cut away? Because he says, because when Lars said that, bring the bass down. Uh, he says I, he turns to James. Go seriously. And 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 he said, and James went like this and some gesture. But they cut away to something else, like some live footage. So you can't see what the gesture was. So there's still this kind of mystery as to what was it? Was it like this or yeah, probably that's you know, whatever? Time, probably James was so. Fucking hammered all the time that he yeah. probably didn't give a shit. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So next week we'll try to get Lars on here. We'll, yeah. we'll <laughs> get, figure get this him on out. The horn. We'll figure this out. But uh, I know the guy at Tom of Drums, so I might be able to get his phone number. Yeah. Hey, Lars, you're in the Collins spell. Welcome, welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks, guys. Hey, why do you suck so much? Why are you yeah. such an asshole? Click. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll fly him in. I'll bring him in. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a, he can borrow that mug. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Marty. That one. So, uh, but yeah, so, so we'll try to, we'll, um, we will come up with a prize, but you guess the song. That's right. Mm-hmm. Kids, yep. guess what song we're recording to, uh, put out there on the internet. It's a slow one. It's a slow one. Or is it a fast one? Wait and see. I don't know. So, uh, you ever got that? And we, we, we definitely have some, some, some news breaking here and we'll have some, uh, dates by the time we, by the time we figure out what this, uh, what this, Unlockdown looks like. Yes, yeah. might have some dates up. Yeah, this Friday we'll be live streaming. Um, yes, the time has not been nailed down at this point. Maybe by the time this episode's out, we'll yeah. Know, so we'll put it on there. But yeah. we'll try to put the meanwhile Friday. Right. Yeah, Brandon. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, but uh, thanks for listening. And uh, remember, sixty nine is right around the corner. That's right. Go Eagles. <laughs> Soar high. Go away. Fly Eagles. high out of into the sun. You fuckers. <laughs>